0: Well, welcome to the Mankind Podcast. This is episode 10. That's a, oh my gosh, I still can't wrap my head around it. That's double digits. That's the first time we're ever gonna hit double digits. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Anyway, I'm excited, episode 10, wow. And I'm thrilled because I'm getting to sit down with a good buddy of mine, Andre Bradford. We've known each other for years and I love him as an artist, he does amazing work. Andre is an incredible guy. He won't tell you this, but he has won national awards, for his work in slam poetry and spoken word. I mean, he's a big freaking deal, but I love that his work revolves around emotional intelligence, empathy, and mental health. Our conversation today was so good. I almost didn't edit it down. I want to keep the full length version. So there will be a full length version of the interview available Early next week. If you love this conversation, you're definitely gonna wanna hear the full version. It's filled with so much good content, especially in working with youth and in mental health and empathy. You're gonna want to check it out. Hey, if you're new to the Mankind Podcast, I just wanna say welcome. I'm so thrilled you're here. Go ahead and hit subscribe. It not only means the world to me, but it helps spread the goodness across the internet. Thank you so much, and I hope you, I know you will enjoy this episode of the Mankind Podcast this is the mankind podcast a place where we as men can talk about emotional intelligence empathy and kindness we want to develop tools that build us up in these ways and we want to hear the stories of those who are changing the world and having an impact one kind act at a time i'm your host justin j gertler
1: There, that just happened so then do you need me to record as well yeah if you don't mind
0: it just like having the backup i've i've been yeah. burned enough times that i'm like
1: hmm pull me once <laughs> i didn't realize actually that you could two people could record the same zoom call this is news to me
0: oh yeah i'm still new to all this like this is all <laughs> new to me and uh so i'm still getting my feet you've been doing this for a while though right this is only the third podcast I've ever done. So yeah. So that's kind of ironic because this happens to be my third time I've done this too. Yeah, it's
1: perfect. Yeah. We're syncing up.
0: This is going to
1: be a good episode.
0: We're each other's thirds. <laughs> it was meant to be. There you go. Well, um, hey, I am so excited to have uh, on the Mankind podcast, a good friend, good buddy of mine, Andre Bradford. Andre, we've we've done all kinds of ridiculous stuff to with each other. With each for other. Years. Also, we've done ridiculous stuff for years. Uh from just <laughs> filming uh your poetry and the work that you do to we've played characters and done like I don't know what it is. It's not comedy. It's more like a show. <laughs> and it's I kind laugh. of improv we,
1: we made people laugh. I think we, it was kind of comedy. <laughs> we
0: definitely make people laugh, uh usually at us, at our expense. Yeah, mostly at us.
1: And and in one of those shows, I even got you to wear a tutu you didn't even have to like bend my arm or anything. You just, you showed up with it. And I was like, all right, I'm in, but this That's is, we're as long doing as I'm this. not the only one doing this, <laughs> this is going to happen.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, Andre, uh, I've been so, it's been so fun to watch you go from, I mean, you worked in sales in corporate world to like, now I've watched you like quit your job and be like, I'm doing this <laughs> full time. And just, just give us a little context. What,
1: what is it you do now? What is the, this that you're, you're doing? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting better at at defining the pitch of this. But basically, uh, I use slam poetry to educate about empathy. Uh, So I do motivational speaking. And through my keynote speech, I weave in um, four or five slam poems that touch on a lot of different topics like diversity, appreciation, uh, mental health, awareness, the power of kindness. And all kind of through this this lens of empathy and how important that can be and how necessary it is for the survival of our species, really. Um, And I I love getting to do this because I think uh, when I think back on like a lot of the presentations that I had to watch in high school or college, uh, they're just kind of these long drony, droney like here are all the things that I've done. And this is why I'm awesome. And you can be awesome, too, if you just follow these simple steps. Uh, and this is much more vulnerable. It's it's a lot more authentic. It it really is about kind of like my my journey, my mistakes, my hopes, um, and then kind of hoping hopefully using that to inspire other people to lean more into being more empathetic. Dang, that's a, I
0: mean, like, all right. So we're gonna d- deep dive into a lot of this. <laughs> I'm really excited. So when when did when did empathy become the thing? When did that become important to you? And you're like, oh, that's that's what I need to talk about because you could talk on a lot of topics.
1: Yeah, that's a good passion. question. Um, it wasn't like a, an immediate kind of, um, this is what I want to do with my poetry. I, I was writing slam poetry just for fun. I, I enjoy storytelling. I enjoy being on stage. I have a theater background. So it was a really fun way to get to express myself and start to tell my story. But what I was finding is that after I shared vulnerable pieces about, you know, growing up mixed race or my own struggles with depression, a lot of people would come up to me after the performance and either thank which was kind of wild to me uh or tell me that you know they are also struggling with something or they've been through something similar and there was this just deep connection that got built really quickly um, with total strangers and i the more i thought about it the more i realized that really what was happening there was uh, we were kind of both expressing empathy towards one another and that helped develop these deeper connections and allowed us both to feel seen and and understood and heard and that was powerful, you know. I would I would leave these slam poetry shows just feeling like full of life. And so, what I wanted to do was kind of emulate that experience, um, but do it do it in environments where I thought maybe really needed this. So, uh, I traveled to a lot of different um, independent schools, a lot of different universities. Uh, I performed for some businesses, and the goal is really trying to to emulate that experience, to get them to kind of do something similar with each other so they can build better relationships.
0: Mm, So it's kind of like a light bulb moment where you're like, wow, I'm actually connecting with people after the show, after, you know, pouring out my heart and being vulnerable and these, these key things for you and going that built stronger connection. So how can
1: I share that connection with others? Yeah. Yeah. The through line was really empathy. I, I didn't really intend this when I was writing these poems, but there was always this kind of element of either hope. If I was talking about something kind of heavy or if I was bringing up an issue like social justice issue, there wasn't just this like, let's rail about the problem. It was like, can we come together and find a way to solve this? And so uh, I just I guess that's naturally just kind of a part of the way that I approach art. And so when I noticed that that was the through line, then the show really started to come together. Dang,
0: that's awesome! What do you bring to the show? Like, what? How do you start
1: your show? <laughs> uh, I start the show with a little bit of comedy. Um, I I just feel like comedy is such a great way to to break down barriers and. No one's ever heard of me. I, I, you know, I'm a slam poet. No one knows a lot of slam poets. If you do, you know, maybe one or two. Uh, and so every time I get on stage, it's like, no one knows what to expect. And there's a lot of challenge with that, but there's also a lot of freedom with that. And so I kind of, I just get on stage and I start telling people like, Hey, I, I I'm here from Austin. Uh, we are the breakfast taco capital of the world. That is a fact. You can literally Google that. Uh, I, I kind of like open up about uh, being mixed race and that I'm Jamaican and Mexican. I'm a jamaican Mexican, uh, which, you know, lucky you, you may never meet another one in your life. So savor this moment. You know, I, I kind of just like I give them a little bit of a taste of just kind of my character, who I am, that this isn't going to be some big, heavy show. It, it's it's going to have moments of authenticity, but there's also going to be moments of levity in it, too. And so that's kind of how I, I approach it and, and kick it <laughs> off.
0: As you, as you're going through that and like, I love the whole way that you're getting people to kind of uncross their arms and warm up to you. Like, Oh, I like this guy. He's funny. He's personal. What do you take your audience through? What's kind of the story, the through, like you said, the through line of empathy, but what
1: do you, where do you take them next? Yeah. Uh, so I, most of the shows that I start, uh, I start with uh, a poem called crayon box, which is one of the first slam poems that I ever, um, that I feel like ever really resonated with a lot of audiences. Uh, it is about my experience growing up mixed race. And and I kind of start that poem with, um, you know, L'Oreal now has a makeup that takes the guesswork out of finding your perfect shade of foundation. Well, L'Oreal, it took you long enough, didn't it? Um, and the idea being kind of like t- in cosmetics, you're blending a lot of makeup. And in my life, my own personal experience, I felt like I was constantly trying to blend in. And I, I didn't value any of the unique qualities that I had because I was so concerned with being an outcast. Um, I grew up in a like non-diverse neighborhood uh, and so, you know, like as, as any human being, you want to fit in, you want to fit in like, or feel like a part of a group or the community. And, you know, because of my background, I felt like I didn't, I had to work harder to do that. So I, I start off just kind of opening, being vulnerable, being honest about some of these, these tough scenarios, uh, that I had to experience. And then that's kind of, that was my own introduction to how important empathy could be. Cause when I think about the relationships that really meant a lot to me at that time in my life, it was the people who empathized with me, who also recognized that, you know, maybe he's feeling like an outcast, let's invite him into our group of friends um, who helped me feel seen. And that dramatically changed my life. Uh, And then from there, uh, because I know that not everybody can relate to to growing up mixed race, though a lot of people can relate to feeling like an outcast, I move into a poem that almost anybody can relate to, which is a bad day that I had. Uh, I'm stuck in line at a Walgreens. There's this older woman um, and she's trying to check out with a checkbook. She's buying all these things. I'm having like this inner monologue about her in my head. I'm just so frustrated. It has been a long day. This woman's taken forever. And then as I go to leave the store, I realize I see her um, basically take everything she just bought and gave it to a homeless person right outside. And how quickly my entire view of her changed. Uh, it was the, like the first time that day I felt like I actually took a second just to appreciate something beautiful in life. And that after that point, uh, the audiences are usually more inclined to listen to anything that I have to say, because there's there's a beauty in that that a lot of people can relate to. Everybody can relate to kind of feeling like me in that moment, just being frustrated at at an older person taking forever doing something. Uh, And by that point, I've got them to kind of buy into this idea that maybe empathy could be something that is really beneficial to their lives. Mm. And then I move into like talking about things like mental health awareness, um, the dangers of what what kind of, I paint a picture of like what our world would look like if um, if we stop practicing empathy. I cite a couple studies that on the whole uh, humanity is just taking a nosedive when it comes to empathy uh, and how dangerous that can be. Um, and then I kind of close everything with just like a story about a friend of mine who just helped me feel seen and how dramatically that changed my life.
0: Mm, dang. <laughs> You do this. You do the shows, and you're working, like you said, with businesses and education and, and different uh, groups. Do you ever get the reaction of like, "So you're a you're a guy going around talking about <laughs> empathy? Yes. This is cool, or this is weird, or I thought it was weird, but then it ended up being cool." Like, what are you what are you hearing
1: from people? As you... oh man, I've had the full spectrum. Um, actually, recently at at a show, I saw a student right after I performed. And um, he just kind of gave me this head nod. And I was like, hey man, what did you think of the show? And he's like, oh, I don't like poetry. That was his whole <laughs> summation of the whole show, which is, oh, I don't like poetry. <laughs> I was like, cool, man, did you get anything out of that? And he was like, nah. So <laughs> I, um, I've i had the full spectrum. I would say like 95% of the time, I get people who appreciate the vulnerability, who just say, hey, um, you know, we." we don't get speakers like you. We don't have people that come on stage and and are just really honest with us. You know, there's usually some kind of pitch or, or sell. Um, it was kind of refreshing to get somebody who was just willing to be like hundred percent real with us. And that to me is like kind of the fire for me. That's the encouragement that I need to continue doing this work. Um, I think it also does help that it's, it's a, it's a guy on stage kind of being vulnerable because we don't see that a lot in our, uh, in our media and our classrooms. Um, especially in our in our everyday interactions. I, I think back to like all of my male friendships, even most of my male friendships today. And it's a lot of like, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm all right, man. That's it. That's the whole conversation. Cool, We've talk. said everything that we're going to say about how we're doing. <laughs> and now we're talking about like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it does it does help, I think, to for a lot of guys, uh, especially in the age range between 12 to 25, to see, some, see another guy get on stage and be willing to talk about these, these difficult subjects, uh, it's, I think healing in a way and and hopefully inspiring for them to kind of emulate that and do the same. What do you, what do you think is behind some of that? The, among men, like you said,
0: especially 12 to 25, I guess what, from your, your, maybe your experience or just what you're, you're observing as you're doing this work, what is it that that causes men to not go there? And what, what's the cause of like, what's the side effect maybe?
1: Ooh. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I had to paint it as a, as a simple answer, but I, I think our, our culture as men definitely plays a huge role in, um, in our inability to be honest with each other. You know, we, from a young age prioritize being tough and being, uh, being like someone that takes risks and is just very confident all the time. And that's ma- that's masculine. That's, that's what it means to be a man. And nowhere in there is like a, is the courage that it takes to be open to be vulnerable. We, uh, I don't know. I can, I can just speak from my personal experience, but like growing up, my dad and I probably exchanged less than 10 words. Anytime we ever spoke to each other, you know, there was never a, Hey, how are you doing today with the intent of like really getting me to like be honest. Uh, and I never asked my dad how he was doing because he was just this like stoic, silent, strong caricature. And that was our relationship. We never really, opened up about what either of us were going through. And I just assumed that that was normal, that every son had that relationship with his father. Uh, I now know that's not the case, but, you know, it starts very young. We just, we don't get to prioritize being open and having these like honest, vulnerable conversations. We instead prioritize and um, kind of promote just, being stoic, not needing any help from anyone at any point in your life. And that is manly. That's the pinnacle of man. If you can do everything on your own, you're a real man. Mm. And it's literally tearing us apart. We are bottling in. Um, we are even to our closest friends, not opening up about the things that, we're, that are heavy in our lives that are re- we're really struggling with. And on the off chance that we are opening up, it's usually to a romantic partner. It's not to our friends. It's usually putting the burden on the person that, um, you know, we're we're spending a lot of time with that we care about in a romantic way. Uh, And that's really unfair to to kind of like use your your romantic partner as your therapist, essentially. Um, We are just we don't prioritize kind of like creating space in our everyday interactions to be honest with each other. And I think the effects are kind of what we're seeing in um, just statistically with how many men are literally taking their lives right now because they just feel hopeless or feel like nobody's going to be able to understand what it is that they're experiencing.
0: Oh, wow. You've done some work on that too. Like you've actually dug it. Like you said, you were
1: sharing some of the stats in your show. Yeah.
0: What, what is happening?
1: Um, now today more men are killing themselves than are actually being killed in our country, Whoa, which is terrifying. Um, I mean, we, we, are so restricted in our, in our communication patterns that we are now, it's now more likely that we'll take our lives than someone will take it from us. Yeah. And that is just, I think that's so much about the state of masculinity today.
0: Yeah. I had a, I had a counselor one time tell me that when you, you bottle it up, it comes out sideways. Mm. And it's like, you, you have to have a release for like you said we're restrictive in how we communicate you have to have a way to release these things otherwise it's going to come out sideways and what you're saying is more yeah, stats still like kind of surprises me more men are taking their lives than men taking
1: others lives yeah I mean, and and the the interesting thing i think is that we don't hear about this a lot no. you know i i like I, I read that statistic and i was like why isn't everybody talking about this like you every single person on this planet knows a man in their life and now statistically you might know a man that is really considering ending their life and yet um I think there's this that this taboo to talk about these things even though the the things this thing particularly is deadly yeah um we just we're not we're not bringing this up as much
0: yeah and what are the things we're not talking about like when you say uh, we need a way to bring these things up what do you think are some of the things that men are bottling?
1: Literally, anything that we are struggling with, whether it is <laughs> yeah. work, uh, other relationships, our our own self image with our bodies, our mental health, uh, our sex lives. We are notoriously bad about opening up. I don't want to talk about any of those things, Andre. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, um, I it's there's just a cringe. I think that comes uh, that comes with like, hey, man, can I talk to you about like. I don't know my, my, my depression. Can I talk to you about my anxiety? Is that cool? Uh, there's just, I think there's an assumption that there's a weakness associated with that. Like we're admitting that there's something that we don't have control over, which is wild because there is a bajillion things in our lives that we don't have control over. It is unhealthy to assume that like admitting to any of that means that we are weak in some way. <laughs> yeah.
0: What should men be doing? I mean, this is the mankind podcast and as we've been talking about your work and the things you're getting to do, like what would you want men to do? Like after they walk away from your show or like, what are the things that you're like, man, if you could do these three things or I know it doesn't always boil down to that thing, but what do you want to say? What do you think would be some good practice? We talked about not dumping on your significant other
1: as <laughs> your therapist. <laughs> yeah. A don't lot time, don't like, make your significant other your therapist. I'm now um, thinking, I'm
0: now thinking of my wife going, Oh, I feel bad because she's in my, <laughs> therapist for 14 years. Uh, but yeah, What are, yeah, what that's is a good question?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I do try to simplify this, uh, because I want them to to start today, you know, right away, yeah. I want them to do so there's something I want to give them a practical way that they can do this. And the first thing that I say to everyone, not just men, but especially men, uh, is to pay attention. Hmm. There are so many times in our relationships where our friends, our family members, coworkers, they're giving us warning signs. You know, they're they're letting us know however subtly that they're going through something heavy. Can you be the kind of person that inquires about that? That doesn't just let them say, Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. When you know them and you can tell that this version of fine is clearly not their usual version of fine. Can you lean in? Can you ask the Some situational the awareness? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the first ask I have of them is, is nothing major. It's just to, to pay attention to these things. Um, and then the flip side of that is to be willing to talk about the heavy things in your life um, where you, you set up the conversation, which is like, Hey man, can I, can I open up about something really quick? Or, Hey man, is it cool if I, if I have a courageous conversation with you right now, you know, I've been kind of dealing with something heavy. I try to get them to, to not rely on their friends, asking them if they're okay, because a lot of times, um, you know, that's, it's awkward. It's, it's strange to ask your friends, like, are you okay? And when they say fine, you're like, no, no, but really, are you okay? Mm. It's it. And sometimes that's all it takes is asking twice. But a lot of times, uh, we put the, the effort on our, our friends, our significant others for them to dive into, to our, like, emotions and core. Instead, I want to kind of set a new routine, set a new habit where you are, if you are struggling with something, trust your friend group, lean into your friend group, rely on them and see how much deeper of a relationship you build from that because you know that this is someone who would go to battle for you, who is going to be there for you In the tough times, there's a a habit that I'm trying to set. And the more that you lean into it, the easier it gets and the deeper the relationships that you have. And suddenly, instead of you having to deal with everything in your life on your own, that's the version of masculinity we have today. You're leaning into your community and you are finding that you have good people around you and you don't have Mm. to do this on your own. It is crazy that how we try to relate to one another. I had a mentor one time. He said,
0: uh. There's a generalization, so nobody write me about this being wrong. But he made the observation that women do really well relating face-to-face over a cup of coffee. And the ironic thing is we were having coffee while he was saying this. <laughs> you know, they look each other in the eye and they share what's going on. And there's something about men, we just relate better shoulder-to-shoulder. Mm. And so sometimes if I want to like, connect or get into a guy's life and say, hey, what's going on with you? Sometimes it's best to be like, hey, can you come over and help me cut down this tree? Uh, my yard and and so having a project something we're doing together where we're not like looking each other in the eye and nodding you know (laughs) like we are now but like but but there's something to that that we're doing something together and then there's kind of this i can open up as i'm you know putting nails into the roof or you know something i don't know i'm making it all mainly work stuff but sometimes it's as simple as sitting around a campfire
1: yeah, you watch exactly. Guys. That's what, what I watch. was just about to say. Yeah. Camping. I think that's so many, the big reason why a lot of guys enjoy camping together is because like they can physically do something while they're talking yeah. to each other and opening up. Okay. Here's the fire. Here's a bunch of sticks and they'll just sit there poking the fire, like
0: not <laughs> doing anything
1: useful. You're like, you're just poking the same coal over and over again, but there's something about I like that, that, uh, that analogy too, because when I think of like some of the deeper conversations that I've had with my guy friends, We've literally been shoulder to shoulder. We're not looking directly at each other. We're just kind of like talking into the ether, but we're, yeah. we are talking to each other. Yeah. I think there is definitely something there to do that.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's a whole psychological thing. We could go into that <laughs> as well. You have you have a poem and there's a place I wanted to put this in the podcast, but um, I missed the opportunity. So I might go back and edit it in. But if not, it'll, it'll live right here. <laughs> Um, you had a piece you 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 want to share, and you know, I, I wanted you to share. Sorry, not you want to share. I wanted yeah. you to share something,
1: yeah, so people could kind of hear so, what your work. So this uh, this poem it was inspired because I was having some. I was getting you know as the things had started opening up um, and vaccines were becoming more readily available. I was getting to like meet face to face with some of my guy friends, and I was finding that a lot of the conversations we were having were the exact same things we were doing pre pandemic. We had all just experienced a major worldwide trauma and we were having the same conversations. <laughs> uh, and so I, I wanted to, to kind of speak into that. Um, and I read a quote that just like blew me away and it kind of inspired this poem. Three can keep a secret. If two of them are dead. Benjamin Franklin. Here's the secret in America, more men are killing themselves than are being killed. The problem is, the man who knows that secret watched two of his friends lowered into the ground, watched secret become burden, become bullet. He's afraid of the weight of this information, burying another friend, so he bottles in. Chisels grin into facial fearless, wears confidence like wardrobe malfunction, and if you ask him, he'll tell you he's fine. And on some days, that will be true. But far more of them where fine means folding into nothing every day, fitting insecurities, near eccentricities, fearing intimacy, needing empathy. Here's the secret. Women seek help. Men seek holding the gun barrel of control. Pretending the safety of masculinity is clicked on, not knowing the manufacturer's warranty reads stop. When presented with the burden too heavy to chamber, trust the caliber of your friends because once you fire this, you will trigger an end that hammers too close to home. Here's a secret. People would rather believe a beautiful lie than a deadly truth. And the truth is, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm falling apart. I'm fracturing. Inward, I'm feeling frayed around my everything. The weight of me is immense, but I believe strength is carrying your messiness in your own two hands. And damn, you should see the numbers that I can bench. The amount of me that I am pushing against centimeters from crushing the calluses in my chest. I believe resilience is going it alone. Relying on no one for nothing, that frailty and community rhyme for a reason, that you can't trust anyone to understand that the words drowning and breathing are separated only by a sea. I don't think I could stay afloat in. Here's a secret. More men are killing themselves than are being killed. The problem is, even though it's no longer a secret, We still file this information under something that will never happen to me or anyone that I care for deeply and the knowledge becomes a secret again, becomes classified information, becomes locked and loaded burden, one that more and more of us are dying to tell. Thank you. Dang. And
0: you do that at every show. <laughs> oh man. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope, I hope guys listening to this podcast that if you've got a burden that you reach out, that you find somebody that, Hey, you even, you even email me if you need to. Um, mm. Cause you were not meant to bear that alone whatever it is. And a lot of times we'll go, Oh, it's, it's, I'm fine. Gosh. Um, And I know I got my own stuff. I'm bearing too, but that doesn't mean we don't work better together. And I got good friends that that's who I hit up when it's too much. And uh, Andre, man, thank you so
1: much for sharing that. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for giving me a space to, to open up and and, uh, to be real about this conversation. And I think it's very necessary that um, we create a new, a new definition for, for kindness and masculinity and, and that those things are integral. They're not separate. They, they need to, to co to coexist. And the more that we can lean into that, the more that we create a, a culture, a community, a world that is better for it where men are real men and are strong because we are willing to be authentic and vulnerable and not because we're trying to carry all of this yeah. weight on our own. Where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, you can reach me on Instagram at SC says, uh, that's my stage name. Uh, you can also check out some more of my work on my website, uh, www.scsayspoetry.com. That's awesome.
0: Well, Andre, I want to thank you, man. Thank you for the work that you do and, um, the way that you fight for others is a really cool. I can't wait. Thank you. And have you on the show again,
1: man. I I love it. And I, I just want to just give mad kudos to you. This idea, this podcast is, uh, is everything. I hope it is a dramatic success. I think. Uh, the more that guys can do this, just just have a conversation, talk about uh, what is going on in our lives, yeah. talk about what, uh, what we're struggling with, what we're hopeful for, uh, the more we, we get to change our culture. And I think we really need to do that right now because we could, the world could use some some really healthy men. Um, yeah. And so I hope that this podcast helps to create that. Well, thank you, man. I mean, that means the world to me. Uh,
0: thank you for being here, dude. And uh, till next time. Awesome. Take care. You too. Man, I love that guy. Um, And again, I almost did not release the edited version just because the full conversation was so good. So if you have the time, go check out the full version with my conversation with Andre Bradford. And go give him a follow. I know that Andre's got greater things coming up in his future. You're going to want to follow him on his journey as he does that. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe on this podcast. If you want this kind of goodness dropping into your inbox twice a month, we release an episode uh, once a month with a special guest highlighting work that men are doing in the world. And then the other episode every month is just some tips and tricks on how to become a kinder person in the world. Again, this has been the Mankind Podcast. I'm so thankful you've joined us. I'm your host, Justin J. Girdler. And make it your goal to make somebody's life a little bit better today. Enjoy.